Welcome to Change Making Women, the podcast for women who make a difference. With Ziada Bade in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and Marianne Clements in London, in the UK. So, hi, and welcome to Change Making Women. I'm um, Marianne Clements, broadcasting from London, in the UK, and Ziada is back with us this week. Hi, Ziada. Hi, hi, Marianne. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Just heat in Dar es Salaam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are freezing here, so <laughs> we're jealous of one another. And um, yeah. we have a guest with us this evening as well. So um, Liz Ramon um, who is in, and I think I've just said your name wrong, Liz, haven't I? Please tell us, say it properly for us. It's okay. It's Liz Ramon Guillard. Okay, sorry, I got the pronunciation wrong. So Liz, it's great to have you. Liz is a shadow work coach and facilitator, and she's been working in the field of personal development and youth and community work for the past 25 years. And we want to talk a bit about shadow work this evening, which is, um, well, we're going to tell you what it is, but it's something that I'm also involved in. I'm a coach in as well. So we're going to have a bit of a conversation about it. But before we jump into that, I just want to um, invite Liz, you to introduce yourself a bit more. Tell us a bit more about yourself, where you're from, how, where, you, where, you're, where, you're, um, where you are right now. And yeah, just something about you. So hi, everyone. Um, I'm Liz, and I am speaking to you from Brighton in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I originally come from France, as you can probably as you can probably tell in my accent. Um, I, I grew up in Paris, and I came to the UK in my early twenties. And so I've been here since then, and and I've I've always always been working in the field of kind of personal development and therapeutic work and that kind of thing. And so it start, you know, I started to work with young people a lot in my 20s and then in my 30s and now in my 40s more with adults and, and, and really supporting adults to look to see what is it that they need to take responsibility for in their own lives, either therapeutically or in a kind of community sense so that they're, they're building in their practice um, a good model for the young people that they work with you know, aware that the young people can look at them and go, oh, yeah, I want to be that kind of an adult. <laughs> and um, so that's really why I'm doing everything that I'm doing, you know, it's just to, it's just to invite people and to, to support people in, in being more of themselves, more authentic, more of who they can be, who they want to be, um, where, whether it's in their work or in their own life. That's what really underpins what I do. Yeah, that's a bit about me. Mm. Mm. So um, I, um, I, I wanted to jump in a bit to what shadow work is because it kind of sounds, if you've never heard of it, it, it sounds um, maybe a little strange. Um, so I'm going to invite you, Liz, <laughs> to, to tell us how you describe what shadow work is. So this is part of, a big part of the work that you do now, and it's a small part of what I do. But um, yeah. 
yeah so tell us how you would describe what shadow work is so uh, the best the best way I think I can describe it is is uh, it kind of sits somewhere between coaching and, and therapy, mm -hmm. and it's a, it's a kind of an approach that's therapeutic in its in its nature, but it's not therapy, and it kind of consists of of offering each client whether they come to a group or whether they come and do a one to one session, we offer a client a, a really safe space to look at part of themselves that they may have kind of varied or, or not wanting to interact with or really not really liking about themselves very much. And to just look at part of themselves that, that um, they want to reclaim a little bit so they have a bit more freedom to be the whole of who they are rather than just to be you know, a good girl or a, or a perfect person or, a, or somebody who never gets angry or someone who, who you know, is only very intellectual. You know, it's just... So instead of being, you know, stuck with a particular part of yourself, it's just to, to have more freedom to be more of who people really are, essentially. So we just offer them a really safe space in which they can explore the, the parts of them that may feel a bit more difficult to explore in the rest of their lives. Mm. And so, yeah, it's a bit like that. And, it, you know, and it's not for everyone, but also it's for anyone who'd want to you know, who is experiencing a bit of pain or suffering or, or limitations or, or or something that's happening in, the, in a part of their life where, where they're feeling that there's some obstacles that they can't quite be themselves fully. Um, so it's about reclaiming the whole of you, really. And it's the, the way that we, I think we'll speak a little bit more about what we, the way that we do that. Yeah. Later, yeah. Shall we? yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, my question then will be, why the name Shadow Work? Oh, yeah. That's quite That's, intriguing. So, so the name Shadow Work is because um, it originates from uh, the term shadow, the word shadow originates from uh, uh, psychotherapist, a psychoanalyst called Carl Jung, who um, was practicing in the, earliest, in the early 20th century. He's kind of a contemporary of Freud. And he talked a lot about the concept of the shadow and shadow work is based on that concept. And, and what he said the shadow was, was a part of us as a human being that, um, you know, as we're growing up, you know, when you're a baby and you, you, you kind of first come into the world, you're, you're, you know, you're happy to be the whole of you. There's no limitations and there's no... Um, you don't tell yourself, oh, no, I'm not allowed to be like this. Um, so as a baby, you come into the world, and then suddenly you, you'll grow up in a particular culture, and you grow up in a particular kind of family, and you grow up in a particular kind of century, and, and, you know, in a context. And then in that context, people tell you, well, it's okay to be like this, but it's not really okay to be like that. Like in, in my family, for example, it wasn't okay for women to be angry. So I grew up learning that, anger wasn't, a, wasn't an okay feeling to have. So I, I put that in shadow, you know, it kind of, I pushed it down somewhere inside of me where it was in shadow, you know, not, not seen, not okay to be seen, um, like that. So the concept of the shadow is really to explain that all of us, as we grow up, put, you know, put away, in a way, 
parts of ourselves that are um, not accepted by the environment in which we grow up in, or that we believe are not accepted, uh, acceptable. Um, you know, other people grew up thinking that it's not okay to be um, sexual women. You know, other people grew up that it's not okay to be someone who looks after themselves. Um, you know, many, many things that people put in shadow. But that's where the concept originates from, from Carl Jung and the way that he describes it. Although people have been using that term for centuries, you know, other cultures have, have used that, of course. He kind of put it and uh, defined it in a way that was um, in the word that I've just described. So when we say shadow work, then it's doing work with those parts of ourselves that we have forgotten about in a way, um, and that we don't we find a bit hard to interact with or to accept in our lives or to accept as part of us. So that's where the term really comes from. Marianne, would you say anything else about that? Yeah, maybe yeah. To, just to add that um, uh, although these are parts of ourselves that we have sort mm. of hidden or denied or not fully explored, there tends to be um, a sense of um, discomfort with that that we, that we may or may not be fully aware of. But it's costing us something, basically. Yeah. It's like in Liz's example when she when she talks about being angry, not having been okay for a woman in her family. It doesn't mean that she never experienced the desire to feel angry, but she 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 was never able to perhaps fully express or explore that, or like let that out. And therefore, it kind of lives inside of us generally when we suppress something in a way that is you know, unhealthy and unproductive for us. So in Shadow Work, we believe that, you know, healthy anger is a good thing. It helps us in our lives. It helps us to know what we do and don't want. It helps us to have clear boundaries about what's not okay for us. But when we suppress, for example, our anger, then that restricts us in various ways and it may, you know, cause us to feel really unhappy or, or whatever. You know, these things show up differently for everyone. But the point is that, having these things in shadow has a cost for us. And so the reason for inviting people to explore them through this work is to allow them to bring a bit of that energy back into their lives so that they can use it and explore it. Um, yeah, and so an, and another maybe common one might be grief. So, you know, um, many, many people have grown up feeling like it's not really okay to express sadness. It's not really okay to express grief. It's not really okay to be with those feelings. And so there can be a lot of that that's kind of buried inside us and that's something else that we can explore through shadow work. Yeah. yeah, there's, a, yeah. There's, a, there's an interesting way to, to recognise or to, to, it's helpful to know what might be in shadow in us, mm. which is to look into how we react to other people. Um, you know, for example, um, you know, people that we really, really admire or you know, qualities in other people that we really, really admire, or qualities in others that we really hate, you know, that we have a strong reaction to. Often, that's a bit of a, a clue or an indicator that, that those kind of qualities might be in shadow in us, because we can't really be with it in other people. We find it really hard, you know. So for example, you know, if I, if I, if I am someone who's not very comfortable with my own sexuality, or um, as a woman, then I see another woman who's very comfortable with her own sexuality and, and expressing it in lots of different ways. 
and I and I, something in my in me goes, oh, how dare she do that? You know, it's just awful. You know, yeah, I have yeah. a strong reaction to it, and that which it's which is often uh, uh, an indicator that actually ah ah okay maybe that's not very alive in me, or maybe I haven't quite recognised that part of myself, or maybe you know this is not um, you know it's a bit uncomfortable for me, for example. Yeah, I can, I could give an example of mine maybe that might might help illustrate that, Liz. Yeah, uh, sure. I'm thinking about um, yeah, saying no and having like clear boundaries uh, was something that used to really irritate me when people um would say like, no, I can't do that. I you know I've got you know it's not possible for me to do that. It quite that could quite often really irritate me. Um, and it and it's through doing this work that I discovered that actually you know and this is related to anger or in terms of what we see this is related to anger but for me you know saying no which is a is a form of that similar energy of, of anger saying no was really difficult I you know this sort of world that I grew up in I felt like you know I needed to say yes and accommodate people and you know um, yes. do the do the right thing I think it's a common experience for many many women um mm. in different cultures around the world but you know it was it definitely was one for me that was quite powerful and so when people would say to me no I can't do that I've got this and this and this and I'm it's too much I would be like oh that's so annoying you know? <laughs> <laughs> I might not say it's annoying yeah. but I would be thinking oh for goodness sake <laughs> yes yes through exploring this work I've discovered, you know, that actually in what was in me was this constantly saying yes to everything and everyone who asked for help and everything that, you know, was exhausting me. And there was a massive cost to me in not being able to say that when I needed mm. to, you know. And so that's, that's one of the places that Shadow has taken me in my own life. And one of the reasons that I think it's really interesting and powerful work is in exploring that part of me that wants to say no and wants to put a boundary and wants to say that's not okay I found mm. that place in me in to use in my life where I go actually no it's not okay with me and no I can't do that you know yeah. so, starting to look after mm. yourself exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so how challenging um not necessarily challenging but how challenging has it been to um come is it to convince a person let's say to join in you know with shadow work oh i can i can say that i can speak to that yeah so, yes. yeah so often often what i find is people come to us to, to mm. come and do shadow work through hearing somebody else okay. has had some and positive okay. experience mm. of it very very often is is word of mouth a lot more than anything else is that your experience as well marianne yeah, absolutely. It's either yeah. that they've heard it from someone else or they've heard me talk about it. It's always yes. okay. Always. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, same thing here that, you know, I, I just talk about it and I talk about what uh, what's happened in my life since it, since I've been involved with it. And people are go, oh, yeah, maybe there is something in it, in this for me. So I haven't experienced it as a, as a convincing job. Yes. More, more like a kind of share, let me share something about what's the shared experience. Yes. Yeah 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 um and and for me if i can say something about my, you know the the impact that it's had on me mm -hmm. um i would say 
I mean, there's two main areas where I think it's made a big, big difference. One is, is being a parent, because I'm I'm parent of, of three little human beings. Um, and what I've found is that uh, I used to get like super angry with them, like rageful, um, for no reason. Um, you know, just because they were pressing a couple of buttons in me. <laughs> but but uh, you know, with no reason. You know, but and and I was wondering, well, why am I getting so angry? You know, I don't. I'm not angry person anyway. I don't do anger. It's not my thing. Why do I suddenly feel rageful? And then by exploring this this whole thing, is uh, you know, through shadow work, I I I've been able to notice when they were crossing my boundaries, um, which was making me feel angry inside, and stay it at that time, not letting it accumulate and accumulate and accumulate, and then notice it when it's far too late. So I've been learning to to notice. Oh yeah, actually they're invading my space, or they're asking me too much, or or some, or, or I'm not able to say no, a bit like you, Marianne. Um, so I've been learning to, 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 to look after my own needs in terms of my parenting, and it's really helped me and them to be clearer about what we each need. Um, so that's been really helpful in being a parent. But also the other, the second thing that it's really given me or, or helped me with was to be a lot more accepting of all people around me, to, just to have a bit more compassion for people struggling with their things and as I was struggling with my things, um, rather than to think that I was special or I needed to be special, that I was actually just like an equal human being to everybody else, you know, struggling with all our own things <laughs> from time to time, and to be a lot more accepting of, you know, all parts of me and therefore all parts of other people. That's really, really yeah, helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, mm, absolutely. Mm. Okay. And so oh, I'm quite interested. So, what normally happens in a shadow work session, generally, uh, just in a nutshell? Marianne, do you want to talk about the one to one yeah. session and talk about the group session? Yeah. Sure. So, so, I just do one to one sessions with people. And a one-to-one session, they call it shadow work coaching, but it will be for probably a number of hours, at least three. Um, and it could be up to like five or six. Um, and what we would be doing would be inviting someone to come to a, a space where we're not going to be interrupted. Um, and then asking them to share a little bit about what it is that they've come for, like what the thing what they have happened as a result of the session is and we might explore that in some depth because we've got time in a one-to-one session so we might explore like what are the blocks in your life what are the things that you felt um made you want to come and do shadow work what you know what what was the impetus and we might go you know explore that in just talk about it for a bit and then once we've done that we would start to um map out basically what's the dynamics that are happening around the issue that you've brought and we would do that actually in physical space so because we're one-to-one and there aren't any other people and Liz will talk a minute about the group work which is different because there aren't any other people we would be mapping out the 
the what's basically going on in your head around this issue like the different voices you're hearing about something we'd be mapping out that out in physical space in the room and getting you to step back and look at what's happening the interaction between different thoughts in your in your head that you've been expressing about this particular issue and we then might be we probably would be tracing um those patterns and looking at those patterns and seeing where they might have shown up in your life before um because often the patterns that we're carrying as adults um have roots in things that happened in our childhood experiences that either traumatized or just repeatedly happened to us um certain dynamics they might they're often dynamics between our parents us and our siblings people that are close to us in our lives and they may or may not be very traumatic ones sometimes they are for people sometimes really traumatic things that happen in our lives are the triggers for certain patterns like we find out that we're not safe for some reason and we put the blocks up on on some of our emotions maybe many of them or it, and that, or it may be things that we wouldn't recall as massively traumatic but you know it turns out that the dynamic between some people in our in our family in our lives when we were growing up has kind of impacted us in a peculiar way that we want to unpick so we would explore that for some time and we would get you hopefully to a stage of doing some physical work around those issues so if it's just just to give an example if if it if it, if it does feel like an issue where you weren't able to say you were angry in the past we would give you the opportunity to explore and express that in the present in a safe space where there are no real life consequences just in the room with with me or whoever the coach was facilitating you to actually verbally and physically express that emotion that you've not been able to express it could be anger it could be grief there might be lots of tears there could be some very simple saying to your saying things that you've not been able to say before there are a whole range of things that that might look like um, and so we're working with energy there we're actually working with actually doing this in um, on another okay. realm from talking about it it's very different um, for me it's the that, that the fact that you kind of embody it speak it explore the emotion was the thing that I felt that made shadow work uniquely effective for me so we would do that, but we do it in a one-to-one -one context. So we have time to explore it and do that. And we would come to an end place where you're able to um, come to some conclusion about what had happened, what you had got from a session, and we would explore whether there would be a follow-up session, whether there would, you need more space to explore that thing, or whether you really got what you wanted from one session. Sometimes people do, and often they want to come back. So, yeah. And also what I would add to that is that, um, you know, often with my one-to-one -one clients, it works quite well for them. If, let's say they're in therapy, regular kind of weekly therapy with someone, mm. and they come mm. and do a shadow work session. I call, I call the two, uh, two different names. So, you know, the, I call the therapy weekly therapy if people do that, and mm. um, kind of horizontal, horizontal um, support like weekly in your life horizontal and then the shadow work would be more of a kind of a vertical almost intervention um like really in depth for a few hours coming in and explore one particular issue and people have said to me in the past that it the shadow work session has really helped them to work 
further or deeper in their therapy or it's kind of jumped them ahead six months or something like that, you know. So, so sometimes it's helpful to work in partnership with therapists as well, but not necessarily. Um, people, you know, sometimes come just for one obsession and, and they, they find something really valuable and then they don't come back and often they do. Uh, so it varies. Um, and then, and then, then yeah, there's a group session. Um, so that takes a, very, a slightly different form. It's exactly the same processes in the same way that we would work mm. with people. But it's, it's in a group of usually eight to ten people. Okay. Um, and it runs for about two and a half days. <clears throat> so you come in and um, we, do, we spend a, quite a chunk of time doing some group building exercises and explorations and some paired work and some activities around some of the... Um, what we call the archetypes, which um, which are also young young um, terms. So we, so we do some kind of group building exercises. So people feel get to a point where they feel safe and that they've already shared a few things with each other. And then mm. we offer what we um, what we call an individual piece of process work. So where where what Marianne has described, which is taking an issue that, that's bothering you in your life, something that, that's keeping you stuck or, or, or a pattern that keeps repeating itself and then you're just really fed up with it and you want to do something about it. Um, mm. And so you bring that and then the, the facilitators will work with you to represent whatever is happening in your head about it externally um, with different parts or, or in relation to this issue or different voices or different things, messages that you tell yourself about this particular issue. And we represent that because there are people in the group with people saying those messages. So it becomes very clear. It's like, oh, wow, this is what's going on on the inside, but I can now see it on the outside. And it gives you a whole lot of perspective and insight into what's happening with this dynamic. And often already that's really valuable for people. And then we do some, like Marianne was describing, some more kind of energetic or physical work to try and change something in this dynamic so that you, um, something shifts, something changes, something is not the same as it was before you started exploring that issue. And so that would happen, you know, in the group for a good 24 mm -hmm. hours, you know, it's a, you know and, uh, so we'd spend a whole day on that and everyone would have an opportunity to do an individual piece of work, kind okay. of witnessed witness and supported by the others, but, but they don't have to. People also come to shadow work sessions, group sessions, and they don't necessarily do an individual piece of work. Sometimes they're witnessing and taking part, part in others and that's enough for them and that's plenty and that's okay too. Um, so it's really what what I really like about shadow work is that it's based on choice very very much. It's based on what people want to do, and there's no forcing anything. And it's very much based on consent and choice, and and the facilitators, the group facilitators, really following the participants in how far or how deep they want to go, and and we won't take people where they don't want to go. And I find that particularly. Um, respectful for myself. Yeah, and in shadow work, we are not doing what I think some people imagine when they go to like personal. Mm. We are not. We are not saying we think your problem is this ever. No. We are always 
following what's going on for you and helping you to unpick it in a way that makes sense for you. And you know, I whatever I think when I'm when I'm coaching someone, I put that on the side deliberately. Yeah. And I'm following what the person is actually telling me. And I think that that is really um, part of what makes it so powerful. Because there's, there's not this sense of like, I'm trying to persuade you that this is what your problem is. It's, there's none of that in shadow work. It's very yeah. much, as Liz said, um, oh. we're unpicking the dynamic that's real and actual for you. Uh, and that has nothing to do with what I might think your problem is. <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I think that's really true, Marianne. You know, it's very, mm. very, um, you know, when we work in groups, for example, or individually, we never put any words into the participant's mouth or client's mouth. You know, it's okay, always okay. used um, whatever they hear or, or understand of their dynamic, we always use that. We never put in our, our own interpretation or our own, our own slant on it, you know. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, this can be done. Uh, is it is it like a physical session, or some of it can be actually virtually? So I do occasionally work on Skype with people, um, okay. and other people do too. I think. Um, I think that initially, I'm just going to say something actually about where it comes from. So this work was developed by um, Cliff Barry, who's in the in the US, and I think originally it was all face to face, but some people are now working a bit um, virtually and I say I work with Skype generally with people that I already know in some way. I've mm. worked with them before virtually for a significant amount of time on other things um, or I know them you know I actually know them personally or in some way through work um, yeah I don't know if you do that Liz or not do you? I don't tend to do Skype work except uh, very few times I've done it with people that have done a, a large amount of shadow work work yeah, before, yeah. like you're describing. And I tend to then have <coughs> very short sessions, like an hour session, to kind of support them more through talking than actually using shadow work tools um, as a kind of follow-up or a bit of support or just kind of them saying how it's going or, or checking in like this. Um, I don't. I don't tend to do uh, shadow work, kind of long shadow work sessions over Skype. But I know people. Some people do, and and that's fine, and it works. Yeah. What I do is I split them down. So say an, an example would be if I would have worked maybe three or four hours face to face, I might split that into two or three, probably three Skype sessions of an hour and a half. Yeah, um, and I might invite people to also explore stuff for themselves in between them. So they get a slightly different, they get something slightly different. They still get the depth of shadow work, but they get it in a slightly different way with some time to think in between. And they do run processes on Skype sometimes. Okay. Yeah, at yeah. The, you know, towards yeah. the end of those. Um, and I yeah, think I'm, I'm sure that can be really valuable too. Yeah. 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 Um, did you want to say anything else about the the history of shadow work, Liz? Because I just sort of touched on it there, like where it comes from, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so in the let's see now, is it the eighties? Yes, probably the eighties. And yeah. so, Cliff Barry and um, his partner at the time, Mary Ellen Waller, were um, 
Well, Cliff had come from a from a kind of men's movement organization called the Mind Time Project, where they were using some kind of um, process work that was um, slightly similar to shadow work, but was at the root of Cliff's thinking in terms of putting the shadow work methodology together. Um, and then um, two guys called Moore and Gillette, Gillette wrote a book called King. Uh, warrior please help me magician and lover yeah something like that they, they wrote a book and they, they were exploring the kind of union union archetypes that i was talking about and they were exploring also talking about process work around that so cliff and mary ellen put together this this approach called shadow work where they brought all these kind of influences together and um and made shadow work what it, it is now and it's ever evolving cliff is somebody who's hugely creative and um and forever thinking about how to evolve this this methodology and how to make it relevant to people and you know he, he's always um creating new processes and new ideas and um and currently shadow work is used mostly in groups of people for kind of therapeutic um in therapeutic ways and one-to-one, and -one, but also um, I know that some people are starting to use it in organizations and corporations and, um, and um, uh, companies, you know, to kind of have people look at teamwork and how they're interacting and how can those concepts can be helpful in teams as well. Um, so that's a newer, newer development in shadow work. Um, and so currently there's, there's shadow work, uh, there's kind of three big hubs of shadow work. One is in the States, um, where there's lots of practitioners, lots of coaching and lots of people training to become shadow work um, practitioners. And there's another hub in Russia, which is, uh, Russia's really taking it on and, and really run with it and they're loving it. And, um, and uh, there's more and more people getting trained and certified to become um, coaches and facilitators and another hub is Europe um, so there's people in Germany in the UK in France in Belgium um, like that in the uh, I think in, I think that uh, some people have stuff in Bulgaria in Turkey um, okay. some interest in, in, in Sweden you know there's things are developing in Europe there's kind of three big hubs like that mm. and that, that's mm. where it's at at the moment yeah, I mean, um, that's quite interesting. So you talked about people becoming, you know, sh shadow, wor shadow workers, you call them? <laughs> Do they have a name? Do you guys have a name? Shadow work coaches or shadow, shadow work facilitators. Shadow work yeah. facilitators, exactly. Yeah. So if, uh, if I am interested and I want to become a facilitator, how do I go about it? Mm. Yes, so that's, that's, uh, that's an interesting question. So. Um, in so there are trainings currently in those three hubs in Russia, in, in Europe, and in in the States. And there's it happens through um, four main I'm going to call them modules. Um, because can people understand this now? So there's a basic um, facilitator training where um, which is a, a, a week long course. That you go and it's a residential course and you go and learn all the basic tools of what shadow work is about and then there's a second course a second module called the advanced facilitator training where you learn the more advanced tools about this 
method methodology and approach. Um, and it's also a week long and um, it's also a residential course. And then there's a third course. Um, but then you can do two things. Either you want to become a one-to-one -one coach, um, shadow work coach, in which case you go and do something called the coaching training. And it's also a week long and you explore the, the specific tools and the specific ways and what's involved in doing one-to-one -one work with people. And if you're interested to also become a group facilitator, then you do a fourth um, module, which is called the leader training. And um, this is exploring uh, all the tools and practicing all the tools that you've been learning in all the other modules, as well as how to run groups, um, you know, what, it, what does it take to lead a group? What does it take to, to, to have group dynamics? How do you deal with um, difficulty when there is difficulty in the group? How do you make it uh, valuable for people in the group? So you learn all these things in the leader training. Um, and so that's the, the kind of package. And people do it in lots of different ways. Some people train um, very quickly within two years. And uh, some people take a long, long, long time, over time, and they just do the modules at different times and in the middle of you know, integrating them in their practice and the work that they're already doing. Um, what I know is that what's really needed in between each module is a lot of practice. Practice, practice, practice with um, kind of, you know, guinea pigs who are willing to <laughs> be your guinea pig with a lot of clarity that you're not, you're not yet certified and you need to practice with them. And so you get uh, some supervision and some support from you know, our mentors and our trainers in between those modules as well. And then the last thing that you need to do in order to get certified is a last, uh, you need to run, if you want to be a group facilitator, you need to run a whole weekend with real people who are paying their, their place and coming and you run a whole weekend and your mentors are watching you um, every step of the way and you will only get certified or qualified at the end of that weekend if they believe that your shadow work is in safe hands with you. So that's the whole process um, and we can do it okay. in Europe or, the, or America or Russia mm. uh, currently. Mm. Quite interesting. Yeah. So let's, um, Liz, um, yeah. ask you to sort of step back a bit from the details of Sadeirak and, and just ask you about your sort of vision for your work with Sadeirak, like um, how, you, how you see it benefiting people, like just the, sort of look at the bigger picture a little bit um, out yeah. of the details of the work itself. Yeah. Why did well, it matter? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, just making a little difference in the world, you know, in a tiny little, my little corner of the world. Mm -hmm. um, that's always been, you know, that, that's always been what was true for me from when I was six or seven. You know, that was part for me of becoming a woman. Mm -hmm. I was going to be doing some version of that. And mm -hmm. so shadow work in a way, the continuation of, making a difference um, to, to make the world a place where people have got more compassion and more acceptance of each other. In a way, it's very simple. Um, but it is about compassion and acceptance and 
recognizing our differences, but mainly recognizing how we are all you know, more the same than we are different. Um, and that it's okay to be who I am, really, and it's okay for you to be who you are, really, is, is really the deeper um, impact that I think is possible out of being shadow work. Um, and, you know, certainly in my community, it's, it's making a difference here. Um, it's, you know, and, and you know that, like, um, like Malcolm X said, you can't, you can't start a revolution if you haven't experienced a revolution inside of yourself. Um, sure. Yeah, and it really, really starts within, inside of each of, well, you know, it starts with me. And it starts with each of us doing the work that we can do in accepting ourselves and, and, and have compassion for ourselves. And then we're able to do that for our son or our partner or our neighbor. And then we're able to, to do that for a wider circle gradually, you know, make peace with ourselves is, is the first place. And I find that shadow work is a place where that really is it's a, it's a method, it's an approach that really helps me with that to make mm. a bit more peace with myself and then more peace with my husband and more peace with my mother and, you know, more peace with people living next to me. Yeah. Yeah. I guess at the end of the day, you know, once you find that inner peace, it's quite easy to project that to other people as well. Yeah, I believe that. Well, that's, that's the route that I've been finding uh, more helpful rather than trying to go out in the world and make a difference but oh what about me and what's happening with me yes exactly you like that? are you making a difference for yourself that's right yeah. I think well for me it's been a more authentic route to go that way mm. um, and then that, then I feel like I'm, I've got more of a leg to stand on when I'm trying to make a difference with other people mm. I love Liz that you brought that quote, the revolution serves yourself, because for me, I think that's a, actually quite a good descriptor of shadow work. Like, it sounds a bit wacky. I didn't quite understand what it was when I first tried it. I didn't understand it the second time or the third time, but slowly, <laughs> I was like, this, this is actually a rev this is actually helping me to create a revolution inside of myself. And I really need that you know and um and that's that's what is the power of it if you can kind of sort of get your head around it enough <laughs> you know yeah yes i really think that it that's you know that's definitely what it's helped me with and and that's sort of like led to a lot of change in my life and in the in what's what's around me in my life and what i'm able to do with my life so it does have like knock-on effects for me even though what we're actually doing is it doesn't mm. have any consequences. It's, you know, we're, we're doing process work in a safe space. But it, you know, it, for me, it has had massive consequences in my life. Yeah, it can have a big yeah. impact. Yeah. Liz, tell us finally how you, how yeah. you take care of yourself. Look after Oh, how yeah. relevant, how relevant. Our favorite question. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, um, I, I'm, I'm really up and down with that. You know, I'm not very, I'm not super consistent, but I'm trying to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I forget. So like this morning, I was thinking, oh, I feel really full of different emotions and I feel really um, 
there's a lot going on in my head, I feel a bit low and what's going on. And then I just tracked back all the different places and all the different things I've been doing in the last two or three weeks. And um, it's been very full. I've, I've held a lot of people in, in that kind of safe space and, and I have um, been in lots of places and delivered training and lots of different things. And then, you know, or even heard some sad news from friends and dear friends and, and held that to me in my heart. And suddenly I thought, aha, I've been holding a lot and I have forgotten to um, ask to be held or to just go for a walk in my favorite spot on the downs, on the South Downs in England, next to my town. Um, so I did that today, you know, so I did, you know, these are the things that I do to look after myself. I go in nature and, and just sit or walk or stomp or do something like that. And um, nature is really helpful for me. I write, journal, I talk, I reach out to people who I know are going to just listen and help me empty out without judgment and without telling me what to do or give me any advice. I'll just, I know those people, you know, I will, <laughs> I will call those people and say, I just need to talk, just hear me out and just offload in that way. That, I find that really helpful. Um, and I sit, I meditate and I do some yoga and some stretching and some dancing, all the physical stuff really helped me too. But I actually, you know, I sometimes forget and so I have to remind myself like today, sometimes I leave it too long and, um, and it's ongoing learning. And that, um, <laughs> I, lo I love that because I think it's really true and I, and I, I, I totally resonate with it. And I also, mm. uh, it makes me think a little bit about something I wish I'd said a few minutes ago when we were talking about shadow work because I think it's, I don't want to give people the impression that um, it's like, you know, you do this thing and then you're fixed. Yeah. No, no, but no. Like you're fixed. But it's like you have these tools to help to uh, help yourself to when when you when you're struggling when you feel blocked when you, to be able to kind of go back and see the patterns and to unpick them again. You know, it's more like that, and it's a yeah. bit like that with looking at ourselves. It's like when we have the tools and when we have the consciousness of the need for it, and and what shows up when we don't do it. Then, like Liz just described, you just described really beautifully. Then, you know, there's a space to to be able to make that shift and do what you need to do, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, ongoing learning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Liz, thank you so much for being with us this evening. Well, it's been a joy, it's been really joyful and um, relaxed and lovely to talk about better work. <laughs> thank you very much, you two, for inviting me. You're most welcome. And our theme tune over and over was written and performed by Eleanor Brown, who you can find at eleanorbrownmusic.com. <laughs>